Good evening, people of hope. We're in our Wednesday Advent series, and he shall be called, focusing on the names of Jesus in Isaiah 9, 6. And today we're exploring Wonderful Counselor. For to us a child is born, and a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. This evening, we're looking at the later half of the classic Christmas text, Luke 2. In it, we encounter the boy Jesus, who even as a child already is the wonderful counselor. We'll also explore how Jesus is our wonderful counselor yet today. But before we do, let's pray. Heavenly Father, you sent your son, Jesus Christ, into this world fully God, fully man, so that we could have a wonderful counselor. Help us to wonder, to marvel at you. Help us to receive your counsel and to follow your will for our lives. Even beyond any words that I might say tonight or words that we might Read in the scriptures, Holy Spirit, minister to us and speak to every heart here. Let us encounter you. We pray this in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and all God's people said, amen. Amen. If you could ask God any question, what would it be? Now, recently there was a study, some college students answered, they said this, here are the top three. First, why is there so much evil in the world? Anyone ever wondered that? All right, just me. Will God really forgive all my sins? Anyone ever wondered that? Wow, just me too. All right. And uh, three, what does my future hold? Anyone ever been in that boat? All right, we have some nods, but not a lot of hand raising. Do we need to stretch first? Here. All right, without hitting your neighbor, you know, just, just a little stretch up here, a little... Stretch down, we've got to get settled in. Because God's word is powerful, right? And if, you know, we're not stretched out, it's going to just hit us like a Mack truck and we won't be ready. So here we are. Some Middle Eastern school teachers, they had this exact opportunity. It was a holiday weekend, mid-April, 70 degrees, light breeze, you know, a bit like today. Around 80,000 festival goers flooded the streets of Jerusalem. The teachers gathered in the city center comparing lecture notes when God himself walks in. As a 12-year-old unaccompanied minor. That takes us to Luke 2, 41. Every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the festival according to the custom. After the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. Thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a day. Then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. Has anyone here ever lost their keys? Well, we've hands for that. All right. The stretching worked. Has anyone here ever lost their wallet? 
You know, this morning, I actually, I misplaced my wedding ring. I haven't done this in years. So I don't know if it was when I went out shoveling, but I spent about 15 minutes looking for it. So I'll have to ask my wife tonight. She'll know. I'm sorry I'm playing into that stereotype, but for, for she and I, it's true. I can find nothing, and she finds everything. Now, has anyone here ever lost track of a kid? Oh, wow, we've got some honest people, some true confession. Well, see, Mary and Joseph didn't just lose track of any kid. They lost Jesus. Mary's thinking, God, you know how you said to us, a child is born, to us a son is given, government will be on his shoulders, he'll be called Wonderful Counselor? Yeah, about that. I lost him. Now, before we judge Mary and Joseph, there's some background we should know. Jerusalem isn't their home. They caravaned with their entire village three times a year for festival. That's what the law required. Deuteronomy 16, 16. Three times a year, all your men must appear before the Lord your God in the place he will choose at the festival of unleavened bread, at the festival of weeks, at the festival of tabernacles. No one should appear before the Lord empty-handed. Since everyone traveled on the same day, Extended family and neighbors all traveled together. The boy Jesus could move freely among the caravan. Now, he's 12 years old, a year shy of his bar mitzvah, as we call it today. It's that age of young adulthood when Jewish boys received more independence. So he's old enough to move freely within the caravan, yet young enough that hopefully people will still keep an eye on him. Well, that didn't work out so well. You see, the caravan travels almost 20 miles a day on their three-day journey back home. Once Mary and Joseph are convinced Jesus is missing, they have many miles to backtrack. Then a large city to search with over 80,000 visitors there at the time. They search for three full days and still no sign of him. Can you feel their desperation? Was Jesus kidnapped? Will they ever see their son again? Luke 2, 46. After three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. Where was Jesus? He was in his father's house. Let's rewind three days. The boy Jesus joins the circle of teachers at the temple. Now, these aren't your ordinary school teachers. These are the tenured seminary professors of Jesus' day. Who's this unaccompanied minor, they wonder? Where are the boy's parents? The boy listens intently and asks insightful questions. So they keep him around. Soon, the boy begins answering their questions, and his answers amaze them. It's like talking with God himself, one says, because it is. This boy isn't just a child. He's the one of whom Isaiah prophesied, for to us a child is born, a son is given. The government will be on his shoulders as we see here, and he will be called, let's say this together, Wonderful Counselor. The word wonderful in Hebrew is Pele. If we have any soccer fans in here, Pele. We tend to toss around the word wonderful today. How's your day? Wonderful. Your Amazon package arrived. Wonderful. 
But the Hebrew word pele means a bit more. The Hebrew word pele indicates a phenomenon lying outside the realm of human explanation. A phenomenon lying outside the realm of human explanation. It's the same word in Psalm 139.6. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Our modern world is often skeptical of the miraculous. We talk like the greatest miracles today are come from behind victories from our favorite sports team or that wonder drug that treated our illness. Most of these can be explained, but the real wonder, the real miracle is beyond human explanation. Jesus, according to Isaiah, is a miracle. Not just what he does, but who he is. Jesus is wonderful. Then there's counselor. The Hebrew word for counselor is yavatz. Reading with modern eyes, we picture a counselor as a licensed therapist with thick, dark-rimmed glasses and a gray turtleneck. I, why always a turtleneck? I don't know. You can tell me after if you know. But the Bible has a different image in mind. The Bible envisions a royal court. Travelers go from all corners of the kingdom to this royal court to ask the ruler questions. The ruler is their counselor, settling disputes, setting laws, and sending decrees to all corners of the kingdom. The ruler's counsel carries weight. And so this is Jesus, that wonderful counselor, whose words carry miraculous weight. The teachers are astonished. His parents are astonished too, but for very different reasons. Verse 48, Luke 2. Then his parents saw him. They were, let's say this together, astonished. His mother said to him, son, why have you treated us this way? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Mary knew who this boy was. She knew Jesus was the promised Messiah of Isaiah 9-6. What she didn't know is why Jesus would stay behind in Jerusalem without telling his parents. First century Jews took the Ten Commandments extremely seriously, including this gem, Exodus 20-12, honor your father and mother so that you may live long in the land your Lord God is giving you. How was this honoring his parents? Jesus answered in verse 49, why were you searching for me? He said, can you just feel her blood boil? as she says, why were you searching for me? Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. Mary was Jesus' mother, but God, the father, was his father. He was honoring his parent, just a different one. Verse 51, then he went down to Nazareth and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. 
Even as a child, Jesus is the wonderful counselor who astounds the teachers of the law. Luke 2 was only the beginning. The gospels are filled with wonderful conversations. A few chapters later, Luke 5, Jesus had been performing wonder after wonder. Some men couldn't get their paralyzed friend through the crowd, so they lowered him through the roof. Verse 20, when Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. The Pharisees and teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, who is this fellow who blasphemes? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked, why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier, to say your sins are forgiven or to say, get up and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. A wonderful conversation. A chapter later, Luke 6, the teachers try to trap Jesus into healing a crippled man on the Sabbath. Verse 9, Jesus said to them, I ask you, which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil? To save life or to destroy it? He looked around them all, and then he said to the man, stretch out your hand. He did so, and it was completely restored. A wonderful conversation. A few chapters later, Luke 19, Jesus eats with the tax collector, Zacchaeus. Verse 7, all the people saw this. They began to mutter, he's gone to be the guest of a sinner? But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. If I've cheated anyone out of anything, I'll pay it back four times. Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. A wonderful conversation. A few chapters later, Luke 23 Jesus is still the wonderful counselor on the cross. Verse 39, one of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God? He said, since you're under the same sentence. We are punished justly. We're getting what our deeds deserved. But this man, he's done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. A wonderful conversation. For Mary, Jesus' death felt like deja vu. Again, they were in Jerusalem during festival. Again, Jesus went missing for three days. Again, Jesus worried his mother's heart. Again, Jesus did his father's will. He was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven where he still reigns today as our wonderful counselor. Whatever question you have, Jesus has the answer. This Advent season, consider who came that first Christmas. Consider the wonder of his counsel. This here is my office phone. So don't call me right now because it is not plugged in. <laughs> we have, at any given moment, a direct line to the God of the universe. 
We have the wonderful counselor at any moment. His word is like the receiver, like that earpiece. We can hear his words at any moment. He's given us this amazing spiritual discipline called prayer. We can talk to him at any moment. Prayer is like the transmitter, the mouthpiece. We can talk with God. We can hear from God through prayer, through his word, at any moment of any day. We have a direct line to the God of the universe. We started with some of the most common questions that college students want to ask God. How does Jesus answer? Question number one, why is there so much evil in the world? Well, Jesus said, Matthew 24, 14, this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. God will end evil, but not until the whole world hears. Two, will God really forgive all my sins? Jesus prays from the cross, Luke 23, verse 34, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. Three, what does my future hold? Jesus says, Matthew 6, 33, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. We don't know what the future holds, but we know who holds the future. And we can ask him through prayer. Whatever questions you have, he holds the answers. What would you like to ask the wonderful counselor? What is the wonderful counselor asking of you? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we cannot begin to comprehend the incredible honor that it is to have a direct line to the God of the universe. We celebrate you. Help us to go to you in prayer. Help us to hear from you through the words you've given us in Holy Scripture. And help us, Lord, to follow your counsel, for it truly is wonder. Prepare our hearts this Advent season for you, Christ, and for Christmas. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And all God's church said, amen. amen.